you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. You know, I often advise that operators and managers build a strong restaurant brand, not just run a restaurant, but to do that, you need an effective marketing strategy. And that's just one of the thousands of details where operators run awry. There are so many critical pieces to an effective marketing strategy. So I'm really excited to be talking to Mr. Dan Westmoreland. He is the vice president of Demand Gen for a company called Fountain. More on that in a moment. But Dan is a true marketing expert, a guru, actually. And we're going to be talking all about restaurant websites and the common mistakes that operators Operators are making with their website, as well as how to double web traffic. We're going to be talking about email marketing and how to gain traction there, how to build a super strong list that your customers respond to. Managing your online reputation is super important. Using influencers and an effective social media strategy. So much marketing in this episode. Don't miss it. Stay tuned. Guys, it's no secret that labor is a huge challenge right now. But putting help wanted signs in the window is not the way to find great people, especially if you're looking to fill positions in multiple locations. Instead, the answer is Fountain. Fountain is the all-in-one talent platform, especially built for teams hiring at scale. See why over 5,000 businesses, including Burger King, KFC, Taco Bell, and more, are using Fountain to find, hire, and onboard new employees today. With Fountain, you can find more quality experience candidates faster. You can shorten the time to hire and the employee onboarding process. You can track cost per hire and time per hire. Get automated SMS communication and automated document collection. Head on over to www.fountain.com forward slash rockstars and receive a demo plus free personal onboarding, a $500 value just for becoming a new Fountain customer. Check it out. Now, on with the episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. These are topics that help restaurants build their brands, especially appropriate to today's conversation, rock their profits, and deliver amazing guest service experiences. You know, marketing in restaurants and building your portfolio or your marketing firepower is all important. So I'm really excited today. I have Mr. Dan Westmoreland. He is the VP of Demand Generation for a company called Fountain. He has an illustrious marketing career, specifically restaurant and hospitality based. Welcome to the show today, Dan. How are you? I'm doing excellent, Roger. Thanks for having me on. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here. You know, we're going to talk so many different areas of marketing today, so I really want the audience to get pumped for this. But we always start with your backstory and how Mm -hmm. hospitality entered your life and how you got into restaurant marketing. So why don't you take us there? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 great. So I um I've actually been a B two B marketer most of my life. Um, used to work for a company called Marketo, which IPO'd, and um I, I moved on to kind of working for myself. Um, and I uh, did that for about eighteen months, and um, I worked in the local area of Atlanta, Georgia, and a lot of my customers were restaurants, and these restaurants were restaurants that were like, we don't know how to do a website. How do we get on Google? How do we run ads? You know, what should we be doing in a, in a digital space to help our restaurant? And so got to help a lot of restaurants there. And just by happenstance, came across a company called Deputy, 
Um, and Deputy is actually a B2B company that works with restaurants and hospitality and all these places that hire hourly workers. And it was, you know, kind of my time at Deputy where I was like, man, this hourly workspace is, is so underserved. Um, and uh, so that eventually, after two years, led me to Fountain. And again, Fountain's a place that, you know, helps restaurants hire and things like that. Um, but a lot of what I do around marketing and uh, especially the content we produce at these B2B places uh, is centered around restaurants and helping them, you know, uh, improve their business. So that's the that's the the short of it, if you will. Okay, fantastic. So clearly, why don't you put yourself in the restaurant owner operator's shoes? Maybe it's somebody who just opened their restaurant for the first time, nope. or maybe it's a veteran operator. And I call this the business of a thousand details. And there's so many balls in the air, so many moving plates, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. What would you suggest to build a rock solid marketing program? Where to begin? What should we focus in on? And then with some of these ideas, we'll dive into more detail. Sure, sure. I, I think the first thing is probably help. Like the one, the one like, uh, you know, common thread and theme I hear from an owner or an area coach or, you know, a district manager or VP of operations is I, I, we just can't do it. I, I can't do it. We don't have the time. Um, you know, these, these businesses are more concerned with uh, trying to staff their restaurants and the high turnover rate in the industry and things like that. Um, that they they don't have time to do it themselves. So my number one tip is hire someone. You know, you, you'd hire someone to staff your kitchen. You'd hire someone to staff the back. Um, but you know, why won't you hire someone to to market your restaurant? And so I think getting help is like my biggest piece of advice. And then for someone that says, "Hey, I don't have the budget to hire," I think it's do the low hanging fruit. You know, do the things that you can do that are easy that will make the biggest impact figure out what those are, prioritize them, and just knock them out. Okay. We have a lot of high-profile restaurant listeners. We have a lot of independent, smaller mm. operators. Um, let's talk about PR because I know a lot of our, our listeners have had tremendous success by hiring a PR agency that kind of launches their business and then helps them with their public profile and gets them press that drives business in the door. Are you a big advocate of PR? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, at the, my current company, Fountain, I, wor I work with a great uh, PR company, and I think that the great thing about that is that's that's kind of a relationship you bring alongside you, and they're pros. They work with you know hundreds, maybe thousands of customers that look like you, um, and so they've done it before. They can you know go to the mattresses quickly, um, get it done. So I, I think PR is one of those things where uh, if you bring it alongside you early. They can set you up for success, get the name out there, get the brand out there. Um, you know, if you're opening up a new location, let people know that you're coming and set you up for success very early. All right. You mentioned earlier, low hanging fruit. Now, every mm -hmm. restaurant obviously needs to have a social media presence. They also need to have a website. Yep. Would you begin obviously with a website first? And let's talk about what the important elements would be of creating a really effective restaurant website. Yeah, I, I definitely would start with the website and also a social presence, like you mentioned. I think that's almost, I think it's arguable to say that a, a social presence might be more important. If you think about, you know, a, a restaurant and, and what attracts people to it, it's the food at the end of the day. And what's a you know better way to show off uh, what you have to offer than a place like Instagram, for example. And so I think being on social and, you know, being able to like put your brand out there and people find you easily. 
uh, on social is great. And then obviously a website, but more so, you know, yeah, the website's important. You want to have your menu up there and things like that. But I think the, the important thing about a website is the local presence um, and Google finding you locally, um, getting your place listed on Google places so that when someone says, where's the best Chinese restaurant near me, that you pop up and you're in those top results when they are near you and they find you in that moment because they're looking for you. I've always believed that a great restaurant website sort of brings the restaurant's experience to life for the customer before they even mm. walk in the door. And that obviously takes a lot of elements. Some websites might have video footage of the interior showing the ambiance, showing the customers being served, having great experiences. Some people would say you need pictures of your food by professional photographers and all these things. But keeping it simple versus overwhelming is also important. How would you wrap those ideas together if you were going to build a website for a restaurant or suggest how they should do it? What do you think is most important? Yeah, that's a that's an awesome question. So I always like to think about who you want in your restaurant first, right? Who is it that you're trying to get a hold of? And think about the person that you want visiting your restaurant. Is it a family? You know, is it a is it a businessman? Who is it that you want, you know, coming into the restaurant and then design the website based off of that? If if you were that person, put yourself in them shoes. And if you were to go, you know, find this website and you land on it, what is it that you would want to see? Is it the decor? Is it a fancy place? Is it a, a kid-friendly place? You know, what is it that you would want to see if you were that person that you want in your restaurant? And I think that that's the start of it. If you have the resources to make fancy videos, hire a professional photographer, all the better. But at the end of the day, if you can just put it in, 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 a, in a view of the customer, that's a win. Do you see restaurants making mistakes with their web presence? or their design or what, what is, where do they fall short when we're talking about websites? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, notoriously the, the hospitality industry, especially from your listeners that are more in the independent space tends to be a, a little bit laggards as it relates to best practices for websites and things like that. So the first thing I would, I would say is, you know, hire a pro, you know, don't, don't, don't want off it. Just hire a pro, get it out of the way, let a pro do it. Um, and, and then the second thing I always see is that the website's there just to be a website. That's, that's not the goal of a website. The goal of a website is kind of what we talked about earlier, where, you know, you're trying to create that experience and, and let it be a place where, you know, the person that you're trying to bring to your restaurant hits it, sees it and goes, yes, that's where I want to be. But even more importantly, a website is designed to be a place that people can find you. And so I think a lot where a lot of people mess up is not connecting their website to Google places, not putting a map up there, not putting a menu up there where it's like no question that they can find you. They know you're the right restaurant and they want to come into your restaurant. They know where you are. Um, so I, I think that's the biggest piece is like the website isn't just there to be a website. It's there to be a spot for your customers to find you and ultimately you know, know if that's where they want to come in. You know, a common problem, and I'm not a tech-savvy person particularly, but a common problem in the past was having a website that was not mobile-friendly. Are most of the platforms mm. now taking care of that issue? So yeah. That the way it's designed, it doesn't matter what device you're using. It'll come up properly. You can see all the important information. Yeah, Roger, I, I think you've hit on a, a, a very key point because the vast, the vast majority of the searches I talked about earlier, where it's the best Chinese restaurant near me, guess where they're searching at? on their phone. 
And you're absolutely right. Uh, there you know, was a time where a lot of the platforms, and we call them CMSs or content management systems that host websites, you know, things like WordPress, you know, GoDaddy, and wherever you're hosting these websites have a CMS that displays the, the front end to the user. And they weren't always friendly. For the most part, most of those platforms today are, are much more mobile friendly. They will you know, be responsive, we call it in marketing. In other words, if you pull it up on a desktop, it, it looks one way. If you pull it up on a tablet, it'll adjust neat. And if you pull it up a phone, it'll adjust neatly. But I always think you should de- design with mobile first. Yeah, because most, most people, people are design. there. Yeah, that's especially right. on the fly, you know, when they're out and about and they're on their phone, they're figuring out, hey, where am I going to go to eat tonight? It's like, yeah, that's the number one place that they're they're going to use the, for a device. Okay, that's cool. Absolutely. Okay, let, you talked about Instagram earlier. So that's a critical one because <clears throat> the power of the photography to entice people to come in. Yep. Do you recommend, so there's a lot of tech savvy people that work in restaurants you know, the millennial generation specifically the owner or the general manager may have the bandwidth or not the bandwidth, but have the the wherewithal to do it, but maybe not the bandwidth because like I said, it's a thousand details and there's so many things to do. Who should be posting? How often should you post? What are the key platforms besides Instagram? I mean, all those things are important to a really robust social media program. Let's cover that in detail. All those things, if you could. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I you know, I, I made the argument earlier that it, it probably for a restaurant is more important to have a, a social media presence on a website. Yeah. Um, and that might not be a super popular opinion, but I think so because if you think about a place like Instagram, um, I, you know, I'm I'm in Atlanta and we have a, a decent food scene. You know, we have 40 Michelin star restaurants like San Francisco or anything, but we have a pretty you know budding uh, food scene. And uh, there are on Instagram, I follow hashtags in my city that are local to my city that are, you know, hashtags that when I'm in my Instagram feed on my phone and I'm scrolling through occasionally, I will see Ford Fry's restaurant or I will see, you know, Kevin Gillespie's restaurant. And I know these chefs, I know their restaurants. And and when I, when I scroll past a, you know, Kevin Rathbun's, you know, cream corn, jalapeno cream corn, I am like, Oh my gosh, I've got to go eat there tonight. And so that's, that's in that the goal of a restaurant is like to entice people and bring them in. But like, you've never been able to do that before until Instagram came along or Facebook came along. You know, it's like people had to like take the chance on your restaurant and walk in the door and then have that experience. But today you can create that experience before they even walk in the door with things like Instagram. So I think that's where I would start. Are there other platforms? Absolutely. Facebook is kind of the new Google for restaurants. And what I mean by that is when people are searching on Facebook, it's the, the, the engine of Facebook is very much a search engine now to find, you know, things and people and groups and places. And so that would probably be the second one I would set up is you know, get you a Facebook profile up there. And when somebody goes to Facebook and they're typing in, you know, Chinese restaurants or whatever it might be, um, fast food near me, um, Facebook works very similar to Google. So that'd probably be the, the second spot. Um, and actually if, if there were, if there were only two, those would be the two I'd recommend get fired up on Instagram, Mm -hmm. make sure that you're, you're, you kind of do some research on the front end of what are the hashtags that are trending in Austin or Dallas or San Francisco or New York or my city. And are there, you know, things that are already, I can kind of hop on the train with, 
start posting once a week, twice a week. Cause like, like we talked about earlier, a lot of these people um, may not have a, a lot of bandwidth like you mentioned, Roger. And so just once a week, if, if, if you post one time and 3000 people see that photo, that's the chance for about 30 people to walk in your restaurant. Roughly. How, how often should restaurants be posting on multiple platforms? And is there a time of day that's more sense? Yeah. So my, I, I have a little bit of a different, uh, you know, the, the, if you went right now and you Googled when to post on social media for a restaurant, there'd be a lot of opinions out there and there'd probably be a kind of like data driven approach where someone says, Oh, the most engagement happens between here and here. But my, my take on it is everyone's searching that. And so uh, my advice to, you know, people uh, in social media and, and the restaurant space is do something different, come up with something creative so that you stand apart. Yeah, you can go out there and you can search and find out that Thursdays at 10 is a great time to post because it's right before the lunch crowd and Thursdays are a good lunch day for business owners. But what if you did something different and you were the only one posting at that time and you were the you were the only person that got eyeballs because everybody else was posting at Thursday at 10? Yeah. Now you have no competition. So that's kind of my take is get creative. I'm not saying don't go out there and post Thursdays at 10. But what I'm saying is, you know, do what everyone else is not doing, but do it well. Yeah. Zig when they zag and don't follow the herd. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Be a purple cow. That's cool. So earlier when we were talking about what draws you in, okay, you're talking about hashtags that you follow. You talked about, you know, noteworthy chefs and you talked about a specific dish. I think it was jalapeno cream corn. Mm. Okay. Now this is really turning you on and this is giving me advice on what I would be posting. And there, there goes that creativity, that resourcefulness. So I, I think I'm hearing from you that you need to figure out what your place is special, what, what hooks that you really want to present to the public. And then it has to be so unique that it captures the public's imagination. And that's what you want to post that really knocks people over the head and they take notice and they say, wow, I got to check that out, man. Jalapeno cream corn sounds like I never heard of that before, but I got to try Cause it sounds, yeah. I get what it's, what it's going to taste like. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you scroll across it, it's it's an instant connection. You know, yeah. I think of another great brand here in Atlanta. We have a uh, um, King of Pops. They're they're an ice cream company, mm -hmm. and they they make like natural you know ice cream bars, and from you know they're super good. But they 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 are the kings of social media, and they're brilliant. They have these carts, and what they'll do is they'll hitch onto an event, something that's going on that's big in the city. For example. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago, we had this like hot air balloon event in Atlanta and, it, and we have this park called Piedmont Park and it's this really big green space in the middle of the city and all these hot air balloons descended into the city onto the end of the park Very and cool. guess what King of Pops did? They brought their cart right into the middle of it and were giving away free ice cream, hashtagging it up because there was a, you know, a trending hashtag on Instagram that was, you know, hot air balloon festival or whatever it was. I'm being generic, but, and they just tagged their post with that. And guess when people were scrolling through, looking at all the hot air balloons, who they'd see in the middle of it, King of Pops. And, you know, if that's not great branding, I don't know what is. So that's, there's a great example. Absolutely. That is very cool. 
Very cool ideas. Let's jump back to websites really quick because I just thought I didn't ask you about the importance of SEO and driving that, yeah. you know, that search engine optimization piece that's so important. And it used to be a really, really complicated thing that had to go on for a long period of time mm. with lots of backlinks to lots of other, you know, mm. to attract attention. I'm sure some of that's changed. I'm sure some of that may be the same, but what's your best advice on, you know, on search engine optimization so people can find you? You know, Roger, uh, that's the gamut right there is, uh, it is, um, it is difficult. It is hard to do proper SEO, but the, the, the first piece of advice I always give to restaurants is that low hanging fruit piece we've talked about a couple of times, right? Just connect to Google places. That's the first step that kind of takes care of the local SEO factor okay. um, for you. So Start there, just connect to Google Places API and, uh, you know, get your restaurant listed, connected, and you're 80% of the way there. That's great. Now, a lot of, yeah, a lot of what you said too is true. And my advice in, in most cases is hire someone because building backlinks, getting the technical SEO right on a website and the on-page SEO on the website is, is key. There's a really good restaurant down the road here uh, from me on Peachtree Street. I know there's a lot of Peachtree Streets in Atlanta, um, but uh, they're a Mexican restaurant. And if I go, if you went and searched, if you were in Atlanta right now and you searched Sunday or uh, uh, mimosas brunch or something like that, it's like a, a pretty generic term. They rank first on Google for mimosas brunch in Atlanta. And I, they kill, like, you can't go there on a Sunday and not, and not be an hour wait. And so being able to, you know, there's a lot of free tools out there that you can do some like keyword research. Um, and my advice there is find the, the low difficulty keywords and, you know, super low difficulty. And then you don't have to worry about getting backlinks and technical SEO as much. If it's a very low difficulty keyword with a, you know, monitor amount of search volume, you can probably still rank for it. So that'd be my second piece of advice. One, connect to Google places. Two, try to rank for like, you know, very low difficulty keywords with a moderate amount of search volume. And then three, just hire someone. That's tough work. Technical SEO is tough. On-page SEO is tough. Website SEO is just tough. You know, most restaurants should hire someone. Makes sense. Okay. Let's talk about... Is email marketing dead or can you really gain some traction with a list? No, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, most stats today, and by the way, uh, my, my, the company I currently work for, you know, sends a million emails a month. Um, some of those are to uh, applicants that apply to, you know, our platform. And some of those are the business owners that use our platform. Uh, but is email dead? Nope. And you know why? Because it's on your phone. And guess what people are attached to? Constantly. Their phone. Oh my God. That's yeah. right. And so uh, I think the key to email is being creative again. You know, uh, I think if uh, you're a restaurant, probably your first uh, instinct is to go Google, how, how often should I send emails? When should I send emails? And I think the best brands out there in the world don't pay any attention to that. What they do is they go and, and they create a great email experience for their customers and they off, they, they reward their customers they drive people by, you know, creating great incentives. Um, and for their customers that have been there and, you know, multiple times, they create rewards for coming back and loyalty for coming back. So I think it's, it's a little bit more about the experience and being creative with email to, to kind of 
break through the noise, if you will. All right. I want to get into the SMS piece too and the texting, mm-hmm. but before we do, let's dive a little deeper into email. If you were to go okay. back in time six years ago, uh, I had some really successful restaurants and we built a database and we had thousands of people in the database and we used to have a custom, you know, branded email template and we send out a newsletter like every two weeks. And again, this is old school, but it goes back six, seven sure. years ago. And we made it very engaging. And we talked about you know, new menu items, what's special, what's coming up, uh, live rock bands this weekend, all the top line information. But we always ended with a trivia question and we had prizes for the first three people and we had a tremendous response list. And it was almost his job to just constantly respond to all the people that sort of responded to the trivia thing. And we would award prizes and that created excitement. What's the new school way of email marketing? Uh, Man, Roger, if you told me that was old school right there, I wouldn't have known. Uh, that, I think what that, that's that's brilliant. I think people like to to give their two cents. So I think asking questions in email is great. Mm-hmm. I think maybe some of the new school stuff might be you know gifts in emails, motion in email, right? Uh, email for a long time has been static, even with imagery. And if you think about, you know, pulling up your phone, you only have so much real estate before you've lost them. You know, most people aren't going to keep scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and reading and reading and reading. So I think, you know, the the fact now that you can embed GIFs and and moving imagery into uh, an email is super powerful right now. I think linking out is big. I think like, you know, linking out to a video or a post or a contest or something that you know brings them out of the email, but gets them into something bigger. But the email is just intended to entice uh, is really big right now as well. Um, and then, yeah, like I, I was blown away by by your piece. The trivia thing is brilliant. I think you know polls and things like that are you know, hey, we're we're gonna serve a, a special dish this Thursday, and you get to vote on it. What dish do you want? A, B, C, D, and just get that you know that engagement going. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think the, the most powerful emails I see from, from my favorite restaurant brands have, you know, I pop it open and it's like I'm in the restaurant when I open the email, you know, or I see the food that I want to eat and it's, it's steaming, you know, the fajita plate is steaming in a GIF, you know, things like that are just That's so, awesome. into, yeah, yeah. That totally is. I totally, you just planted that seed. That was a vision that got me like, wow, I, I would respond yeah. to that myself for sure. Great advice. How about building a list? Like what are the best strategies on building a list when people can be reluctant now to give you an email address? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think, uh, you know, loyalty programs are great. Um, there's a, a restaurant up the road for me called Grindhouse Killer Burgers. Um, and when you walk in there, they have this, this tool, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be, you know, something you pay for or buy, but um, it's called Belly. And essentially, it's just a reward program. So every time I walk in there now, I'm, I'm conditioned to put in my information and make sure I get my points because I want free burgers. Um, so I think that can be you know, a, a great incentive to get emails, give away free food or you know, give away discounts or you know, <clears throat> next time you come back, if, if you give us your email, next time you come back, you know, an appetizer's on us, things like that. You know, I, I think in almost every case, uh, as it relates to marketing, you have to give to get if that makes sense. You know, it, it makes a lot of sense to give value, to get something in return. If you're just asking for an email, yeah, it's like, no, nah, forget it. But if you're giving me something for my email, that's a different story. 
Totally agree. All right, let's shift gears and talk about online reviews. And there are a lot of restaurants out there that don't necessarily pay attention to this. And it is critically important, both positive and negative reviews. And who should respond? Because you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't ignore the positive ones. You should obviously thank and reinforce the people that are giving you those great reviews because that's listing your rankings. But it's all so many people are reading those. But it's really unfortunate that negative experiences can somehow overshadow positive ones. And if somebody has a negative experience in your restaurant, they may not bring it to the management or owner's attention, Mm -hmm. but people for some reason just love to go online and slam you. And you got it. And there's a PR strategy to that. And there's a, sometimes the customer has a legitimate gripe and sometimes it's a little blown out of proportion, but there is a right and a wrong way to deal with that. How would you respond? Man, Roger, that's uh, frustrating uh, as a as a business owner, as a as a, as a manager. You know, you uh, the the hours are long, um, you're, you're tired, and no one said anything to you in the restaurant. And I I feel like most people, if they would have, would have made it right right then and there. Absolutely. It wouldn't be an issue. But you you hit the nail on the head. These people they're they're quiet, and then they they go and and make a fuss online. And unfortunately, that's the worst thing because when i google mexican restaurants near me and three restaurants pop up if i see a three and a half star guess what i totally ignore it three star if there's a four star and a five star and i see a three and a half star i don't even click to see what the restaurant is with three and a half stars so you're right it is super important to address it and when i do click in and you brought this up too when i do click in what do I do? Do I go read all the positive reviews? No, I, I scroll and I look for the, the one that's negative and I read that experience. And then what's the next thing I check for? Did the restaurant even respond to this angry customer? Correct. So yes, I think absolutely you should respond. I think you should always be gracious. Not that the customer is always right. They usually aren't probably. Uh, but uh, I, I think that the correct response is, uh, Dan, I am so sorry that that's your experience. As you can see from our other 500 reviews, you know, kind of, there's a little bit of opportunity to poke fun a little bit, you know, Hey, you're, okay. you're one person out of 500 people, yes. you know, kind of, kind of the point you're trying to make is this is not the typical experience, but come on back and we'll make it right. Uh, I think that's the way to handle it is this is not our typical experience. We are so sorry first. This is not our typical experience because all our customers love us. Come on back and we'll make it right for you. Interestingly, that is exactly, you know, I had a past guest uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and they had a sort of really unique solution to this when they had a negative review and they really wanted to turn the situation around. They invited that person back for another meal, but they put it, they took it to the next level and they, they said, would you be willing to come in and be a secret shopper and tell us everything about your experience, which will help us improve our service. And by the way, the meals on us for the experience that you had, because we really care about the service and the quality that we're delivering here. And I thought, wow, that's cool, right? Yeah, That's a a win-win, right? You take care of the customer and you, you learn what you can improve as a business. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Perfect. So 
what would you say overall? We've covered a lot of areas here. Have I missed anything? We've talked about websites and SEO. We've talked about online reviews. We've talked about email marketing. Oh, I think I mentioned the uh, the text piece. Can you speak on that? Yeah, yeah. Te- text is uh, is interesting because um, there's a lot of surveys out there that you know uh, say. Uh, customers prefer not to receive text versus email. Like if you, if you were to go to take a poll and say, Hey, you know, would you rather have, you know, a restaurant text you or email you? Mm -hmm. Uh, Most people will say email about 60% uh, prefer email. But what's interesting is the engagement rates for text are much higher, much higher. Um, And maybe it's a little bit of a, a, an outlier because uh, you know, when people get a text, they tend to open it just to clear it off their screen. Um, so I think that the, the takeaway is to test, to test, you know, run, run an experiment for a month where you collect email addresses, um, run an email campaign where you can track that, you know, these people, we sent this email and I know they came back because they used this coupon code and then run the same test with the same amount of people with SMS run, you know, for, for a month in your restaurant for, you know, gather as text. Hey, if you give us your phone number, we give you a free appetizer, run the same test with text and see which one comes out on top. Good ideas. Awesome. Fantastic, Dan. I mean, we've, we've covered so many powerful areas of restaurant marketing, but you really got to, you know, put, like I said earlier, the podcast, we got to put a portfolio together of all these different marketing Mm -hmm. avenues that really add up to what I call marketing firepower, because it's not just one thing you're going to be successful with. It's a whole combination of all of these things. And hire the pros was great advice that, that you gave us for sure. If you're not a professional at it yourself, it just pays to hire a professional because the ROI will be there. That's great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hire the pros for sure. That'd be my number one piece. If you can't do it, hire someone. <laughs> it's absolutely been my pleasure having you a guest today, Dan. Yeah, Roger, I, I enjoyed it too. Thanks for having me. Well, that was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. We thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Once again, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into this episode and thank you to Fountain for sponsoring the episode. That was an action-packed, complete robust talk with Dan Westmoreland all about restaurant marketing. You know, one of the most critical details, of course, is having that marketing strategy. I think he shared lots of techniques that you guys can implement, actionable ideas that you can put to work immediately to drive more traffic to your restaurant. It's all about having a system. So why not check out restaurantrockstars.com for more great marketing ideas and all the systems that will help you run a stronger, more profitable, more effective restaurant brand. You know, one of the things that I really specialize is in menu profit. So many menus are designed with the wrong intent, the wrong approach. That means that you put a menu together, you think it's got variety and appeal to the customer, you price it without any real strategy behind that. And what I find out when I work with clients one-on-one is they're losing so much money because so often the least and the lower profit items, the least profitable items are taking sales away from the most profitable. And there's often a very large spread or profit difference between those lower profit items and the higher profit. Now you're paying your labor just as much to make low profit items as high. So why not design an all new menu where everything contributes a very similar, if not equal profit? It's 
It's absolutely possible, and I can show you how to do it. If this intrigues you, reach out to me, Roger, R-O-G-E-R, at restaurantrockstars.com, and we can chat about this or any other challenge you're having in your restaurant business. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes. It will help other owners and operators find us. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.